Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, these are interesting times, and I'm so grateful that we can connect by means of this podcast. Yes, I am. I'm still in New Jersey, quarantined. I'm in my third week of self-quarantine. I am simply self-quarantining because it feels like the responsible thing to do. I had come back from California where I was at a conference. And so, um, yep, I'm just home alone. And uh, once a week, trip to the grocery store. I had some takeout food the other day. And I have extra work now because of being a minister and leading the Power of Love ministry. And we're looking to, we're supporting people in um, a bigger way. Folks who are in Masterful Living, we're going to offer another round of Finding Freedom in April. And uh, so we're we're looking to offer more. I've uh, pushed back my retreat, uh, my online retreat for healing sexual abuse to the week after Easter, weekend after Easter, so more people can come and join us. And um, while people are at home and sheltering in place, we, some of us can do more spiritual practice. Some of us uh, have more work to do. Everybody's life is changing. And now's the time for spiritual folks to get to work. And uh, this is the time that we've been preparing for. We're born for it. We're made for it. And so let's get to it. And uh, I always like to begin every one of these episodes with a prayer. So let's do that. I'm inviting you to place your hand on your heart. I've got my hand on mine. And let's take that breath, that deep abiding breath of love and gratitude and be grateful that it's so easy for us to take a breath. At a time when many are struggling to take a breath, let us Breathe the breath of God on their behalf and bless everyone everywhere. We're partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize the fullness of love is our true identity. We are one with the one. We always have been and we always will be. We're part of God. We are grateful and thankful for our spiritual teachers. We are grateful and thankful for our teachers in the visible and the invisible. We are grateful and thankful that we can change our minds. We are grateful and thankful that all of our problems have been solved. That the infinite intelligence is awakened alive within us. And we are grateful to access it together now for a healing purpose. We are consciously choosing that this is a time of healing and transformation, that we are profoundly inspired by the truth. And it is deeply transformative. We are grateful and thankful that this is a time of divine alchemy and we are making the most of it. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So the topic this week is the relationship between healing and atonement. How are healing and atonement related? And in the Manual for Teachers, chapter 22, this is the question. This is the title of the chapter. How are healing and atonement related? Since many of us have a focus on healing and health and well-being right now, we're healing our relationships, we're healing our finances, we're healing everything everywhere right now. Let's look at this. And so 
starts right off with Jesus says, healing and atonement are not related. They are identical. There is no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. So let's just be clear what atonement is. Atonement is the full realization that there is no separation, nor could there ever be, nor has there ever been. So that's what the atonement is. It's that realization of eternal unity. So every problem that we have in this world, according to A Course of Miracles, is an expression of our belief in separation. And separation does not exist. It's not even possible. So there are no problems. All our problems have been solved because there is no problem. In essence, what A Course in Miracles tells us is our only problem is that we believe there's a problem. So it's kind of like there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And so we don't need to fear fear. And we can accept that there are no problems. All of our problems have been solved because there is no problem. And I I find it very helpful to recognize that in, let's say, I've got a financial problem. It's always going to be something like, I feel separate from abundance and prosperity, right? But if I knew my unity with God, I would not be experiencing that as a problem. So there is no problem, but if I believe I'm separate from God, it's going to show up somewhere. I'll be feel separate from abundance. I'll feel separate from prosperity. I'll feel separate from love. I'll feel separate from wellness uh, and wholeness. I'll feel separate from joy. I'll feel separate from harmony. I'll feel separate from peace. All the ways that we experience that one belief in separation that's what all of our problems are so it seems strange to be able to sit and say all my problems have been solved I'm just not going to believe in them anymore that seems kind of crazy Because our belief is that when there is a problem, it has to be solved. And it has to be solved with ways and means and methods in this world by thinking it through. So we put the ego in charge of solving problems. This is what we've all done, that the ego is our problem solver. The ego has something to do then. Of course... The ego thought system is a problem maker. It's a problem generator. That's what the ego thought system is. And the antidote is not to put the ego thought system as the arbiter of our lives. Instead, put spirit in charge. So that's always the answer, to put spirit in charge. But... Most of us don't trust spirit. We don't feel comfortable saying, thy will be done, because we don't trust. We think it's going to be an end to sex, an end to ice cream, an end to red wine, an end to smoking, an end to whatever it is we think we need in order to feel happy. And so one of the greatest things we can do is really move into that place of trust and faith that Spirit is leading us and guiding us. Now, here's the the bottom line for every single one of us spiritual students. If we're praying to have awakening, if we're praying to remember the truth, if we're praying to be spiritual in our orientation to our life. And simultaneously, we are not placing our trust and faith in spirit. 
what's going to happen is that everything that we think we love and need that is a false idol is going to be shown for what it is. And sometimes it's shown for what it is by it's being taken away. So let's say you just love, 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 love your house might be taken away if your love is a false idol. How do you know if it's a false idol? By how you feel. So if somebody says something negative about your house and you feel threatened and you get upset, that would tell you you've made your house a false idol. Uh, same with your spouse, same with your children. If somebody says something detrimental, uh, not detrimental, but something disparaging of one of your loved ones, something unkind, uh, and it really upsets you, there's an attachment, a false idol there. Because in truth... Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Uh, in, in that sense, people say, sometimes people say unkind things to me. I um, I happen to look, I, I get sent by these podcast services, I get the reviews that people write which is wonderful. It's so helpful when you can write a positive review for any of my podcasts because more people will find it if you write a review for it. And it's a free service. So the more people that can benefit, great. So that's one way you can really help me. I appreciate it so much when you write a review. And so um, somebody wrote a review that said something like, all it said was something like, not a pastor. Or like, really, question mark, not a pastor, something like that. I just read it a little bit ago. And, um, you know, I laugh. I laugh because it doesn't hurt me. I Yes, I'm a reverend. Yes, I'm an ordained minister. I studied nine years to complete my ministerial training and requirements, put a lot of energy into it. I've been a minister now for 14 years, and I felt like a minister before I even was licensed. So, uh, okay, maybe I'm not a pastor. Uh, I don't know what the distinctive dif- dif- difference is. I am employed doing pastoral care for people in my ministry on a near daily basis. So, but people have their opinions and judgments. And just because they're Course of Miracles students doesn't mean they won't lash out with their judgments and opinions. Even if you're a Course of Miracles teacher, does not mean you won't lash out with your judgments and opinions. All it does is tell us there's a false idol. And we all have them. We all have them. I have mine for sure. And here's the thing. Are we working to release them or are we treasuring them and making more space on the altar for them? Yeah. So that's the thing. That's the thing for us to pay attention to and look at. All right, so we can't accept the atonement and have these treasures of false idols. We can't accept the atonement and not place our trust and faith in spirit. So healing and atonement are identical. There's no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. 
So this is very helpful to us to really look at this and understand this, that there's no order of difficulty in miracles because we do have a tendency to think there are big miracles and little miracles. Like little miracles are parking spaces and big miracles are healing brain tumors. But there's no order of difficulty in miracles because there are no degrees of atonement. Because there are no degrees of unity of all life. Like, oh, this part of life is somewhat unified with God and this part of life, hmm... Not so much. And this part of life is totally unified with God. No. All is one. So we make up degrees of atonement. We make up an order of difficulty. These are false beliefs. And we, when we catch them, when we see them, just like when we see a false idol, oh, gosh, I'm really upset by that. Let's just give it to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to analyze it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it came from, how long we've had it, uh, who gave it to us, what you know, brought it into our life, our consciousness. It really doesn't matter that much. What matters is we're willing to give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. So if we have an attachment to the the red wine, to the cigarettes, to the even to having sex, to thinking that this kind of sex is wrong and this kind of sex is okay, and all these different kinds of opinions and judgments we have. We just give them all, every time we recognize, oh, there's another one, give that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's another one, give that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I really think that people who eat meat are bad. Okay, I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I think the people who are vegan are better. I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm so annoyed they don't have any organic fruit. I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, my God. That guy took my parking spot. That was my spot. I'm going to give that to the Holy Spirit. Just all day long, giving it to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I will sing that song, um... By Queen, another one bites the dust, another one bites the dust. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's it's helpful. It's helpful to make it playful and fun because our judgments and opinions are not playful and fun. They are the grievances that really, truly uh, make our life so painful and stressful and and hurtful. So it says here, so there are no degrees of atonement. It is the one complete concept possible in this world because it is the source of a wholly unified perception. And that's what we'd like to have is a wholly unified perception to truly perceive everything as it actually is and to stop seeing what we've made up. And this is possible for us. It says here, partial atonement is a meaningless idea, just as special areas of hell in heaven are inconceivable. I love that. It's being playful there. Accept atonement and you are healed. Atonement is the word of God. Accept God's word and what remains to make sickness possible. Accept God's word and every miracle has been accomplished. To forgive is to heal. The teacher of God has taken accepting the atonement for himself as his only function. What is there then he cannot heal? What miracle can be withheld from him? So let's remember that this is our function. To forgive is our function. To accept the atonement is our function. That's it. And that's how 
we accomplish being truly helpful all of the time. So our willingness is all that's required. In another part of um, the course, I don't remember exactly where it is right now, Jesus tells us that basically we are not going to wake up all of a sudden because it would be too big a shock. So one of the things for me in my daily experience of life is just to not judge myself, just to absolutely not judge myself. Could I do better? Yeah. I could wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start meditating. I could, but I don't seem to do it. (laughs) You know, I could maybe watch fewer movies because I judge them to not be helpful, but I don't want to judge that. I don't feel like I'm watching excessive movies. I don't feel like I am hurting myself by watching the number of movies that I watch. I learn from the movies. I get inspired by ideas in the movies. I find it helpful. I write blogs about them. I I give uh get clear insights of how things uh in the course apply to our life. I feel guided and directed by many of the things I see. And I I mean there're just so many ways we can judge ourselves. And many people like me are home quarantined. For me, I've been working at home for a long long time. So the only thing that's really changed in my life is I'm not going to the gym, which I, I would say I miss it, but I'd rather be going to the gym. I really like it. I'm not going to yoga classes with my friends. I would rather be doing that. I don't know that I miss it. Um, I would rather be going out to some meals with friends and family than having every meal by myself. But this is what it is right now. And you know what you can do if you like is uh, get a Zoom account. Everybody in Masterful Living, Finding Freedom, we all have Zoom accounts. They're free. Everybody in my family now has a Zoom account. (laughs) And we have meetings on Zoom. We have family meetings on Zoom. And uh, we have my, my prayer partners and I, we've been doing a weekly phone call for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. And we decided that in this time of quarantine, we're going to have two calls per week. We're doing them on Zoom. And instead of the usual half hour, where we each check in for five minutes, we pray together. Um, Now we're checking in for about an hour. We just our feeling, we'd like to talk with our friends more. Uh, I have other friends that I would talk with every few weeks, once a month. I'm talking to them twice a day because I feel like they can use extra support, and I'm very happy to talk with them. Uh, Friends that I might normally have a half-hour conversation with, I'm having an hour conversation with. But I'm not going out and hanging out with friends. So it's a shift. I do encourage you to check out Zoom if you haven't already. It's a great thing to be able to sit and see your loved ones, your grandchildren, your friends. You could have dinner together on Zoom. For Why not? You know, why not? So, I was saying that we can judge ourselves for how we're spending time. Let's not find new ways to judge ourselves while we're in quarantine. That's not helpful. Instead, let's see how we can find new ways to love ourselves and be kind to ourselves in quarantine. Accept the atonement and you are healed. Accept the atonement and you are healed. So let's just start saying to ourselves, I accept the atonement. I accept the atonement. Here I am, Lord. I accept the atonement. 
I love that Stevie Wonder song, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. And when I sing it, I sing it as a love song to God. Here I am, Lord, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. And dancing at home is a really good thing now. I've got one friend that wasn't feeling so good. I said, start dancing at home. Dancing, dancing, dancing. Put on your favorite music. She loves Sly and the Family Stone. Can't go wrong with them. And get our booty moving. And we can dance and accept the atonement at the same time. We really can. Our spiritual practices can be dancing. Uh, In my practice of kundalini yoga, I love the chanting that goes on. Hey, by the way, uh, I'm putting more and more things in uh, my daily spiritual espresso, my blog that I publish with the prayer every day about ways that I live my life and things that I'm doing in this time of quarantine. So you can sign up for that. That's totally free at jenniferhadley.com on the blog page. And check out the events page. There's always stuff going on there. It's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and we're accepting the atonement for ourselves. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So we're accepting the atonement for ourselves. And based on my experience for these many years, I have learned that my desire, my intention, my aspiration, my goals, these things come to fruition as long as they're pure. And sometimes even if they're impure, they'll come to fruition and I'll learn from them, right? Sometimes as a minister, this hasn't happened in a long time, but it used to happen when I first became a spiritual counselor that people would ask me questions like, Could you pray for my wife not to leave me? Could you pray for him to love me? Could you pray for these kinds of things? (laughs) Like, you, you know, we don't know what's the highest and best. We think we know because we think we know what would make us happy, but we're so frequently incorrect. So I've learned to pray from the highest. I was contemplating this yesterday that I pray to awaken from the dream of separation. I pray to be of service with my whole life. I pray to have a full realization of the truth. I pray to be truly helpful with every choice I make. So this is my prayer, and what I notice is the answered prayer arrives in the form of me becoming aware of the opportunities to choose love with more clarity, more ease and grace, more willingness. It's remarkable how that happens. I have a thought, oh, I'd like to be able to help those people, and then because it's something I'm interested in, something I'd like, something will show up in my world that will be the perfect way for me to help those people. Or I have the thought, oh, I can tell I'm not getting enough exercise because I'm living in a place now where there's no gym and I'm not... I'm not I'm not home gymming it. <laughs> I, I could do more yoga, I could do more hiking, walking, that kind of thing. And um I I'm not. 
<laughs> and so I'd, oh, I'd like to get more fit. I'd like to be able to be stronger, be healthier. And then I get led and guided, much to my surprise, to a vegan diet. I'm now pretty much vegan, pretty much gluten-free. I never had a problem with dairy. But now these things are, I just feel this is what I'm guided to do. I don't need to be a Nazi about it. I am just doing what feels right to me and eating what feels right to me. And also, sometimes I just would like something that's in this texture, that texture, this flavor, that flavor. And I check in. Hmm. Is that highest and best for me right now? Maybe it's yes. Maybe it's like a, eh, you could do better. And according to my willingness, I choose in that moment. And in the same with exercise. I really enjoy exercising. I like to exercise a, a lot. But I, I'm less interested in it left to my own devices. I like to exercise with other people. I like the group energy. When I go to a yoga class, I like to sit either in the front or in the middle. I like to be in the middle of the energy. Same with spin classes and things like that. So I say all this to say, if you are judging yourself and having opinions about how you're doing in whatever version of quarantine you're in, just keep handing it over to the Holy Spirit. Every judgment, every complaint, and replace it with, I choose the atonement. I choose the atonement because the atonement is the answer to all self-criticism, self-doubt, and self-judgment. It truly is. So remember, healing and atonement are identical. So if you'd like to choose healing, choose the atonement. I don't know why we pronounce it the atonement versus at one mint. We could say at one mint, perhaps. But I choose unity. If you feel like, oh, atonement, that's a weird word for me. I don't really like that. I don't think Jesus cares. So, uh, and if he does, he'll let you know. <laughs> that's how I feel. If, if he does care, he'll let me know. And so I can just say, I choose unity. I, I'm tired of choosing separation. I choose unity. One of the things that I teach about in Finding Freedom and Masterful Living in my classes is to catch, release, and replace, right? So fisher, fishermen and women, uh, fishers, people who are fishers, <laughs> they will practice that uh, catch and release. People who like to fish for sport, but don't want to kill the fish, catch and release. So catch, release, and replace. Release the thought to the Holy Spirit. Catch it in your mind. So how do you become very vigilant for God? You are willing. You're interested in it. It's like, how do you remember when your favorite TV show is on? Not that anybody has to remember any of those things anymore because we have DVRs. But how do you remember what time your children come home from school? How do you remember what time your sweetheart is going to be available to talk with you? How do you remember to do anything that's important to you? Because it's important to you, it's in the front of your awareness, I always use the example, if I'm traveling in a place I don't know and I feel like having a good cup of coffee, by God, I'm going to find it. <laughs> you know, Using Yelp or Google Maps or whatever it is, I'm going to find it. <laughs> I'm going to get that cup of coffee. Um, it's just when there's, where there's a will, there's a way. So in A Course in Miracles, we're told that there's only one will. It's God's will. 
God's will is our will. There is no separate will, although in the dream, in the illusion, in this world, there appears to be free will, right? That seems like a separate will. And the entire atonement, accepting the atonement, is so much about saying, thy will be mine. No, I'm going to align my illusion and delusion of separate will, free will, with God's will and eliminate separation in my mind by aligning my will with God's will. God's will for me is perfect love and perfect peace and perfect abundance and perfect wholeness. So the answer, the antidote to all the problems of separation, all the appearances of problems, is to recognize we're not separate, we're unified. Our mind is the mind of God. And we can use it to play tricks on ourselves. Think of Plato's allegory of the cave, right? Allegory is a story, a teaching, like a parable kind of a thing. So he talks about, uh, the philosopher Plato talks about a prisoner. Imagine a prisoner who is in a cave, imprisoned in a cave, chained to the wall, facing the wall. And, you know, there's some lead in the chain so the prisoner can step back from the wall a little bit but facing the wall and there's a a source of light would have to have been a fire in Plato's time obviously and the prisoner can see shadows on the wall shadows of people doing things because the fire is on the other side of the people doing things. So the prisoner is going to interpret the shadows on the wall and make meaning of it and make decisions about what's happening in the cave based on his interpretations of the shadows that he sees. But he has no way to know if his interpretations, the meaning he's making of things, is correct or in any way in relationship or what kind of a relationship it has to true reality of what's happening because all he sees is the shadows. So that's what Plato was teaching a long time ago and this is what Jesus is teaching now. That we're only seeing the shadows. In chapter 13, there's a section, number five, section five. It's called The Two Emotions. And uh, in there, uh, there's something that reminds me of Plato's allegory. And uh, he says here, Jesus says, I've said you have but two emotions, love and fear. One is changeless, but continuously continually exchanged, that's love, being offered by the eternal to the eternal. In this exchange, it is extended, love is extended, for it increases as it is given. The other, fear, has many forms, for the content of individual illusions differs greatly. So the content of our shadow interpretations differs greatly. Yet they have one thing in common. They're all insane. (laughs) I love that. They are made of sights that are not seen. This is what shadows are. And sounds that are not heard. They make up a private... And sounds that are not heard are are the, the thoughts, the interpretations, the meanings we made of it, our perspective, our perception, right? They make up a private world that cannot be shared. So think about it. the the view from inside the cave, okay? But for they are meaningful only to their maker, right? They're only meaningful to us, the prisoner in the cave, and so they have no meaning at all. They have no meaning at all because they're only meaningful to the ones who made them up, 
In this world, their maker moves alone, for only he perceives them. Right now, in this time of quarantine, we can be that prisoner in the cave, or we can be liberating all humanity by our willingness to stay in partnership with that higher Holy Spirit self. Now, paragraph two here in this section, The Two Emotions, chapter 13, he says, Each one peoples his world with figures, these are the shadows, from his individual past, and it is because of this that private worlds do differ. My private world differs from yours because of how these shadow figures from the past are playing out in our minds. Jesus says, Yet the figures that he sees were never real, for they are made up only of his reactions to his brothers and do not include their reactions to him. Therefore, he does not see he made them and that they are not whole. For these figures have no witnesses being perceived in one separate mind only. It is through these strange and shadowy figures that the insane relate to their insane world. For they see only those who remind them of these images, and it is to them that they relate. Thus do they communicate with those who are not there, and it is they who answer them. And no one hears their answer, save him who called upon them, and he alone believes they answered him. Projection makes perception, and you cannot see beyond it. Again and again, you have attacked your brother because you saw him in a sh- you saw in him a shadow figure in your private world, and thus it is you i'm sorry, and thus it is you must attack yourself first for what you attack is not in others its own rea- only reality is in your own mind, and by attacking others. You are literally attacking what is not there. The delusional can be very destructive, for they do not recognize they have condemned themselves. So in this time of quarantine, it's possible that many people will uh, experience more and more and more and more self-attack. Right, because they're they don't have distractions, they don't have the interactions with other people, they don't have the work to do, and the things that keep them from thinking uh, their thoughts. Instead, they're marinating, and this may be you. You're marinating in your own beliefs and thoughts, and going around and around and around in them. And it might seem that this is torturous; it's hellish. But no. Please, 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 please know this serves a holy purpose. One of the most valuable things that we can do is pay attention to our thoughts and stop self-medicating them. That's why earlier this year, I put so much attention and energy into my program to end self-sabotage, the challenge to end self-sabotage. Maybe I I ought to do it again. Hmm, that's a thought. All right. So, (laughs) put the Holy Spirit in charge of your mind and let the healing become the number one priority. Now is the time to be vigilant with your mind. The, The pain is always pushing us to be vigilant, to be diligent. The pain is always pushing us to do that. Of this there is no question. But there's a vision that's always pulling us as well. We can be pulled by the vision more than we're pushed by the the pain. That could be our vanity too. (laughs) Um, We get to decide. Do we wish to be more pushed by pain or more pulled by the vision? It's so important that we recognize we can use our free will to choose 
to choose how we're going to do it. Now, in this section, are how are healing and atonement related? In uh, paragraph 5, it says, When a teacher of God fails to heal, it is because he has forgotten who he is. Another sickness thus becomes his own. In allowing this to happen, he has identified with another's ego and has thus confused him with a body. In so doing, he has refused to accept the atonement for himself and can hardly offer it to his brother in Christ's name. He will, in fact, be unable to recognize his brother at all, for his father did not create bodies, and so he is seeing in his brother only the unreal. Mistakes do not correct mistakes, and distorted perception does not heal. Step back now, teacher of God. You have been wrong. Lead not the way, for you have lost it. Turn quickly to your teacher and let yourself be healed. So there are many teachers of God that are still experiencing depression, still experiencing physical ailments, financial challenges, It's so important that we not judge ourselves for that, not for one second. That does not help. The judgments are coming up for healing. Do not agree with them. Say, get thee behind me, Satan, right? In uh, the word in Aramaic uh, that what Jesus spoke that was translated into Hebrew when it was written down was later... um, became the word Satan, the Aramaic scholar that I studied with in ministerial school said that uh, the the best interpretation for what Jesus would have said in Aramaic that was translated into Hebrew, then to Greek, then to English, all of that, would be to the, the word Satan would have been uh, crazy thinking. And I love that. So get thee behind me, crazy thinking. Because uh, that's surely what it is when we have ego thinking. So rather than make ourselves wrong and bad versus just incorrect, uh, let's turn quickly to our teacher and let ourselves be healed. Now, the thing about healing that can be so confusing is... Many times I see that it the appearance of the problem persists because there's something more for the teacher of God to learn and there's something more for the teacher of God to teach. And we can't really understand it from our human perspective. So we have to place our trust and faith in God in order to have peace of mind. So if you're experiencing a financial challenge or relationship challenge, Uh, an emotional challenge, a physical challenge, and you're not at peace with it, can you keep giving it over to the Holy Spirit until you can find peace with or without it, right? So whether or not your body is working properly or even feels um, good, can you still be at peace in your mind about it? This is super challenging, This is advanced work. We've had many, 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 many lifetimes. This is where we are now. Each one of us has got our part of the curriculum for the atonement. Let us accept the atonement for ourselves. We think that the only pleasures we have are the pleasures of this world, the the red wine, the cigarettes, the sex, the um, binge-watching television, But this is not true. This is a delusion. This is what we see when we're chained to the wall and all we can see are the shadows. So we're we're settling for less. And it's not making us happy. We know. No one who is settling is happy, right? 
So one of the key things that I teach in finding freedom in masterful living is let us not manage and cope with things. Let us not settle. Let us aspire higher. And it's challenging. In in this section on healing and uh, atonement, paragraph 6, he says, The offer of atonement is universal. It is equally applicable to all individuals in all circumstances, and in it is the power to heal all individuals of all forms of sickness. Not to believe this is to be unfair to God and thus unfaithful to Him. Now, it's important, though, that we not make our body a false idol and think that having the perfect body in some way, shape, or form, or the perfect finances, or bank account, or any of that, if we make that a false idol, we're in trouble. He says here, A sick person perceives himself as separate from God. Would you see him as separate from you? It is your task to heal the sense of separation that has made him sick. This is what Ho'oponopono is all about. It is your function to recognize for him that what he believes about himself is not the truth. It is your forgiveness that must show him this. Healing is very simple. Atonement is received and offered. Having been received, it must be accepted. It is in the receiving, then, that healing lies. All else must follow from this single purpose. So we have to receive it. We have to receive the healing, the acceptance of the atonement. And let us look to only one place for help with that. We look to spirit. We look to Jesus. We look to the beloved masters of wisdom and life from the fifth dimension and above and say, help me accept the atonement. And we request it over and over and over and over again until we fully realize it and we're sharing it with our brothers and sisters. We will not see them as limited anymore. This is our solemn, sacred vow. Whew. If you appreciate this podcast, if it's valuable to you, would you consider writing a review, making a recurring monthly donation, a couple dollars a month, anything you could offer, that would be so helpful to us. Let's take a breath. We are grateful and thankful for the love of God shining in our heart and mind. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week.